Good morning and welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in Queen City, Texas. If you're looking for us online, you can find us on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Everything we do is uploaded to that YouTube channel again. That's Curtis Hutchinson 316 and the website thecrosswaychurch.com. Every Monday morning and Thursday morning, I'm right here in my office uh, sharing the Word of God, teaching the book of Romans. We're in chapter 6. Today will be part 19 of just chapter 6. So I encourage you, if you're just now jumping on board, go to the YouTube channel, go all the way back to the beginning, follow us through, and I promise you, the Lord will minister to you in this Bible study. I guarantee it. If you're hungry and you want to know the truth and you want to learn the Word of God, you want to learn how to live in victory, I promise you the Holy Spirit will deliver to you that through this teaching because it is in its gospel righteous form and context. Praise God. And uh, every Friday morning, the Monday and Thursday mornings are at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. And the Monday morning, I'm sorry, the Friday mornings are at 9 a.m. Central Time. And we're discussing righteousness, a phenomenal, phenomenal topic that many are being edified and encouraged through. So I encourage you to tune in live. It's always live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And our worship services are 10 a.m. Sunday morning and 6.40 p.m. Wednesday night. And those are streamed out in three different streams. My Pastor Curtis Facebook page, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. So we're pushing three streams out. So if you've got good internet, you will be blessed through what happens here at Crossway Church. So pray for us. And uh, pray about sowing a seed into this ministry that, that you might be a part of taking this gospel through a determined ministry that desires and determines to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. You can be a part of that and God will surely pour out on you and bless you for He always provides for, honors, and blesses the gospel of His Son Jesus Christ. I like to say it this way. God is providing everything needed. He is, he is uh, uh, he's providing everything we need for the gospel to go forth. The enemy is providing everything else for everything else. God is the one who makes sure we have what we need to get the gospel out. The enemy is behind everything else. How the Lord is only behind and in working in the gospel. And you need to know that. So today we are in Romans chapter 6. And we'll begin in verse 14 and try to roll through a little bit today. Before we do that, just one more reminder. If you live anywhere near Antlers, Oklahoma, I will be this Saturday, two and a half hours north of here where we are in Antlers, Oklahoma, uh, teaching from uh, 10... 30 to lunch and then from 1.30 to 3, just all, just a pretty much all day teaching and we'll be in Romans chapter 6 and we'll be discussing the message of the cross. And, uh, it's a, and, and we, I love teaching uh, the Word of God 
in its Jesus context because that is what the Bible is about. So if you'd love to be with us, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, it's in Antlers, Oklahoma again, and the address is 106 Southwest I Street. And the pastor's name is Pastor Nathan Voorhees. And uh, so we look forward to being with them. And uh, this coming Saturday, if you're anywhere near it, join us and we praise God for you. Uh, Romans chapter 6, part 19, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you're not under the law but under grace. Now remember in our Romans teaching of chapter 6, you always have to keep in the forefront of your mind you always have to keep in the forefront of your mind that out of the 16 times this word sin is used in this 6th chapter, only once is it used as a verb which speaks of us committing a sin. The other 15 of the 16 times it's used referring, it's, an, it's used as a noun referring to the sin nature. That thing that had you bound when you were born into this world. You were born in being dominated by the sin nature. You were a slave when you got here. When we were born, we were slaves to the sin nature. We couldn't be delivered from the sin nature by doing anything. We couldn't go to church enough. We could, you can't do anything to be delivered from that old man. The only deliverance that exist from the old man that you are a slave to when you're born into this world. The only deliverance is faith in Christ and his death for it was him dying on the cross. That is the death that put to death the old man. Never forget that. So all the times but one, and the one time is in the next verse 15 that the word sin is used as a verb committing acts of sin. And only, and 15 times is that word sin used as the sin nature, the old man who we were when we got here. So watch this. As a child of God, now that you're born again, you've placed faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary and that alone, and you've been born again, you've been immersed into his death, Romans 6, 3. We covered it. Go back and watch it. If you missed it, you will be blessed. But we were immersed into, not the church, we were, we were immersed, baptized into the death of Jesus. For there he represented us to such a degree that we could be forgiven, we could be placed in him. See, Christ represented all of humanity as the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, he was the last Adam, the Lord that came from heaven. He was not the first Adam. He was not the, the man that he created, formed of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the first Adam became a living soul. The second and last, hear me now, the last representative of all humanity is Jesus Christ, the Lord that came from heaven. And he did represent us as a, as a man who lived a perfect life. But that could not save us. He had to die in our place so that the sin nature and all the acts of sin, all things to do with sin, could be put away, 
could, we could die to who we were at one time and be born again as Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3 through 5. Don't forget that. You must be born again. Just to believe Jesus was a great miracle worker will still, if that's all you believe about Jesus, that will reserve a place for you in the lake of fire for all eternity because you never accepted him as the one who came and died so you could be forgiven of your sins and delivered from the place of being a slave to the sin nature. You can't work your way out of it. Jesus did the work in his death that can deliver you from that old man that you were born into this world as it. Outside of that, you're going to die in your sins as that old man. And the old man can either be put to death here or he can die eternally in the lake of fire. That means he can be separated from God and you as well from God all throughout eternity. Now watch this. Let's get into this. So sin shall not dominate you anymore because you're no longer under law, but now you're under grace. Think about that. We were born into this world, not Jewish, but we were still under law. Romans 2, 14 and 15 tells us that. Even as Gentiles, we did that which was according to the law, bearing witness in our minds, our conscience, by excusing and excusing. Oh, listen, we'd go out and we'd do something wrong, and we justify that. We would excuse that. But when somebody else did that to us, oh, we accuse them. It's kind of like the, the guy running around all over the neighborhood and he's stealing from folks. But the day he gets stolen from, he calls the law. Somebody stole my bicycle. Somebody stole my TV. See, under the law, we accuse, we condemn, or we excuse. Listen, under grace, we say, God, I'm sorry. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Give me strength to move past this, to be delivered from this because you've promised that now that I'm under grace, now that I'm in the prescribed order that you've offered, now that I'm in the place where you work, you can deliver me from this thing that has held me captive for years. You can deliver me. You've promised that this thing will no longer dominate me. And he's talking about the sin nature. Look at verse 14. For the sin nature shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law where the sin nature dominates. Think about that. But under grace where the sin nature is put to death and remains dormant. What he's saying here is just that, but the relate, grace has changed the relationship you had with the law, with with the sin nature. You've been unplugged from it. There is still a sin nature. Don't listen to any preachers. I don't care how, many, how long they've been in a pulpit. I don't care how many commentaries and books they've written and said some really right things. You have a sin nature. And there is a devil. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil at Calvary, but he still goes to and fro as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's still a devil. There's still a sin nature. People that say it, there's not, they have no scripture to prove that. 
They have no scripture to prove that. But the scripture plainly teaches here that as long as you keep your faith in that which Christ did, then that, that, that one avenue of grace flows into your life and the Lord calls it through Paul to us being under that which God has prescribed. You're either under grace or under law. And as born-again children of God, we are under grace. So don't go back trusting in something other than Christ and what he did at Calvary. When you do, the sin nature is revived and dominates you again. Not when you commit a sin, but when you trust in something other than what Christ did all by himself when he had by himself purged us from our sins. Hebrews 1 and 3, when he had by himself... Listen, water baptism ain't getting you into heaven. Nothing you do is getting you in the kingdom. It's Jesus when he had by himself purged us from our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, hallelujah. No, you don't complete your salvation. You just have simple childlike faith in what Jesus completed at Calvary, and then you're born again. And as long as you keep your faith in that alone, you're under grace, and the sin nature is not dominating you. Hear me. Now, this is going to be very, very much for those of you who are just now tuning in to think about. But think about all the millions today who are trusting in the government of Twitter. They don't know they are. They think that God's using that to draw them closer. And the Bible plainly says he does not. He draws us nigh by the blood. Hallelujah. He draw, Ephesians 2.13, he draws us near by the blood. He keeps us near through faith in the blood. Don't ever think God's using the purpose-driven, the government of 12, the words you speak. Why would he not use that? Because that's what you're doing. That's not what he did in Christ at Calvary. Yes, we should declare the word. Yes, we should study the word. Be in the house of God. Give tithes and offerings and witness and fast and pray and all those things. But when our faith is turned to anything we do and try to justify that as God using that to get us saved, delivered from sin, to keep sin from dominating us, the sin nature is revived. So again, make sure you know that. It's not committing a sin that revives the sin nature. It's trusting in something other than what God did, <coughs> excuse me, in Christ at Calvary that put that old man to death. That's the only thing that put the old man to death. Not anything we do. And as long as that's where our faith is, grace continues to flow into our lives, which means... God continues to work in our lives, continues to conform us into the image of His Son, continues to build and mature and use us. Now hear me, Galatians, the letter to the Galatian church refutes. It rejects the thought that God still works even if your faith is not in the cross in your life. He does not. He does not. Galatians 1 and 6 Paul says to the church in Galatia, I marvel that you so soon have removed yourself from him. Now see, the Lord will never leave you. He'll never forsake you if you're a child of God. But don't ever make the mistake of thinking that you can't remove yourself from him. Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4 
teach something very scary. And I taught the whole book of Galatians, the whole letter of Galatians, and it took us 16 months to get through it. It's on the YouTube channel. Go and check it out and just click on the playlist and you'll find the Galatians. It's the cross time with Pastor Curtis uh, that we do on Friday mornings. And, and, and be blessed by that. Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4 the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul tells the church in Galatia if you go back to this circumcision stuff you've removed your faith from the cross. You've fallen from grace. Didn't say you, you're on your way to hell now. You're lost. He says you've fallen from grace and grace my friends is what God is doing in your life. It is God's unmerited favor. God's goodness toward undeserving men and all those things that you've heard, but listen, just break it down, get it down there where the rubber meets the highway, and know this, God's grace is God doing something in your life that you cannot do, you don't deserve to have it done, you can't earn it or pay for it, and God's, God's grace is only found in the truth, because God's God only works in the truth. You need to write this down, Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Why is God's works only done in truth? Because grace only flows out of the truth of who Christ is and what he did at Calvary. Galatians 2.21 Grace only flows into my life. I'm only under grace operating. Let me say it a better way. I am under grace as a child of God, but I can go back and live as though I'm under the law. When my wife and I were in all those years of false ministry and, and we trusted in everything that came through town and we, the, you know, the father-son principle and you've got to tithe up and they've got to tithe up and then the, then the government of 12, then the promise, all the things and just all, the, all those things are, are golden calves that we as men build because we didn't understand the only object of faith God has given anyone is His Son, Jesus Christ, the living Word and what He provided at Calvary. God didn't run into the Garden of Eden and tell Adam and Eve, if you'll pick a hundred berries, I'll give you a thousand. He ran into the Garden of Eden and preached the message of the cross in type and shadow. He told them the seed of the woman, speaking of the virgin birth, for women do not have a seed, but there would come a woman who God would put a seed in her, the seed of the woman, the Christ, Jesus, and he would crush the head of the devil and the devil would bruise his heel and Jesus was wounded and bruised for our sins and iniquities at Calvary because God had already laid before the foundation of the world the lamb slain, Revelation 13, 8. Go read it. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. God already had the answer for every sin, every issue, every problem, every bondage we would ever have in the slain lamb. And when we sinned in the garden, God rushed into the garden and preached to them a message, not a different message, but the message that emanated, that flowed from the foundational rock that he had laid, that corner stone he had already laid the slain lamb. And all through the ages he spoke through the prophets about the coming redeemer. 
Not if you'll do this, if you'll do that. The coming Redeemer, praise God. And it's still the only object of faith. So when we as Israel build a golden calf and say God's going to use this, come let us celebrate God tomorrow through this like they did the golden calf, listen, all that's going to happen to God's people when they do that because that fad, whatever it is, it makes you feel so good and you think really God's using it. He never does. He never will. He can't. Because it has nothing to do with the slain lamb. He's already laid as a foundational, the foundational truth and way and only way he works within. We end up, just like in the, in the Bible we read, those people that built that golden calf, God ended up making them grind that thing down into powder and drinking that old bitter mess. And really there's a, a fine example of sowing to the flesh and reaping the flesh. So watch this. Sin shall not dominate. The sin nature shall not dominate you. And you may not be back on whiskey and drugs and uh, uh, pornography, but if your faith is not in the cross today, my friend, the sin nature is revived and it dominates you. Maybe it's just a prideful religious attitude. Maybe it's just envy. You can't get rid of it. Maybe things come over you and you can't control it and you're asked, God, I need deliverance from this. And it's good. Listen. If your faith is not in the cross of Christ, I don't mean it used to be. I don't mean it is plus. If it's not in the cross alone, the sin nature is dominating your life. Maybe not in the way it used to, but the sin nature is dominating your life. The sin nature is dominating your life. Maybe you're mad about it. There's so many people right now that get mad at the true ministers of righteousness. They get irritated. They get frustrated. They get mad. They don't even want to hear these men who are preaching this great truth of victory and deliverance. They don't even want to hear their names called. Well, you're not talking about down there in Queen City, that little building down there. All they talk about is the cross. Better watch them, folks, because they're the ones the enemy is using to pull you away from the truth. The only, the only thing God works in is truth. And I know people say, well, the whole Bible's true. Yes, all God's words are truth, but they're only in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8, write it down. You can't get away from it. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And righteousness only flows into your life, whether it's the first day you believed or today after 40 years of believing. Righteousness can only get to you, the, not just the status of you being righteous in Christ, but you today having the opportunity to bring forth and bear the fruits of righteousness, His righteousness, Christ's righteousness, is by grace by what God's doing in your life and he only works in the truth and the truth has a name, Jesus. And the only thing that makes him the experiential truth in my life is my faith in what he did at Calvary. That's it. And all the Bible is truth, but all the Bible, Jesus said, was about him. There are preachers running around right now claiming to be cross preachers and because they want to be associated with certain ministries. But they, out of their own mouth, they've said, well, there's a lot more in the Bible than the cross and there's a lot more to talk about than the cross. Listen, again, God rushed into the Garden of Eden with the message of the cross in type and shadow. 
and God ain't preached nothing else since then. Everything in the Bible has to flow through your faith in the cross because only through the righteous work of Christ, your faith being in Jesus and His sacrificial, righteous, completed and finished work at the cross, does God honor your faith. If your faith is not in the, the Christ and His work at Calvary, your faith, my faith, is not in the written Word of God. Because that would mean our, if our faith is not in the cross alone, then God's Word and the way we're believing it is not in its righteous context. Again, righteousness, Galatians 2.21. Righteousness only comes by grace and grace only comes through the death of Jesus, our faith in that. Not just on day one. Every day of your life, whatever we do for God, with God, by the Spirit of God, it is by grace through faith. Faith, that means what God will do. What God will do through our faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. Think about that. Outside of that, we're holding God's Word in an unrighteous context. Outside of that, we're just declaring or working and we're holding God's Word as the letter of the law. The only thing that brings about the spirit of the law into our lives, the Holy Spirit, when we're hearing properly. Remember Jesus, what He taught? Take heed how you hear and what you hear. Because if we're not hearing properly, even that which we have seemed to have, we're going to lose. But those who have, Jesus taught, and he's talking about hearing, proper hearing that brings about faith, and that faith is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us, Galatians 2.20. That's the faith we live by. Jesus promised those who have this hearing will have more. Glory to God. Now that is shouting grounds right there, my friend. Those who have hearing will have more. God will keep pouring into them, but it only comes by grace because the only avenue of righteousness is grace and the only avenue of grace again today, my friend, is my faith in the death of Jesus. And remember, it's not my faith in the cross. I understand that. And I also know that whatever that is eliminates you from the experience of what God wants to do called God's grace in your life. Because to say I need the cross, yes, I have to have faith in the cross, and I also believe that God's going to use these things <coughs> to sanctify me and to deliver me is to tell God, with your heart, whether your mind is even in it, deception is I don't know that I don't know. And when we think it takes more than what Christ did and my faith in that alone to get me in the kingdom and to give me victory over sin every day, when I think there's more than that needed, my heart is telling God that was not enough. We don't see we did it for years. 90% or higher of the church is doing it today. Christ and what he did at Calvary is enough. That's what God meant when he told the apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Because, Paul, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Think about that. See, grace 
is God's strength, perfect strength, experienced in your weakness. That's why the Bible says that Christ died through weakness. Because Hebrews 2, 9 says he tasted death for all men by the grace of God. That means by what? Faith in what his father was doing in his life by the Spirit of God, that eternal Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Christ by grace tasted death for all men. That, that's the, the cross is the greatest picture and only avenue through which grace can be seen and flows. You need to hear that. Because Christ through weakness as a humble, obedient man received the grace of God, tasted death by that grace. Think about that. It's the only avenue of grace. Praise God. Verse 15 says, What then shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbids. God forbid. Here's the one verse that the word sin is used as a verb, committing acts of sin. We talked a little bit about this last uh, Thursday morning. God forbids that you and I go around committing acts of sin and then touting out that, well, I'm under grace, I'm covered. God forbids. You see, God's grace, if you'll learn this, if you'll accept this, and the scriptures bear it out, God's grace is God doing something that you cannot do, that you cannot pay for or earn, and that you don't deserve to have done. But because He loves you, He offers you grace through your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. Think about that. You need to know that. You need to learn that. God's grace is God doing something. We're saved by grace. Well, how were we saved? By what God did in Christ at Calvary, through our faith. Titus chapter 2 says the grace of God teaches us. Well, who is it that's teaching us? It's surely not me teaching you. I'm just sharing the Word of God. If you're getting anything, the Holy Spirit is imparting it to you as truth because of your faith in Christ and His sacrifice. Paul said, I labor more than you all, but it's by the grace of God. It's by what God is doing in my life. God's grace is God doing something in your life through exclusive faith in the sacrifice. I can't help the stories people get up and cry and tell about what God was doing. The Bible says God only works in truth. I'm just going to stay with the Bible. Amen. I'm going to stick with the Word of God. So you need to remember these things. Grace is not something floating around that just covers you because you're a child of God and it don't matter how you talk or how you live. The Bible says God forbids you have that way of thinking. God forbids you just keep living in sin. Look to Calvary. If this is ministering to you today and there's sin in your life and you just can't get out from under it, you, you, it it's got you in bondage, it's got you in chains, keep looking to Jesus because only through what He did at Calvary Will you find the entrance into Christ, into the kingdom, into the body of Christ, and only through faith in the sacrifice of Christ will you find the victory that He only there purchased for you. Keep fighting the good fight of faith, which is not against sin, 
It's just to keep your faith in the sacrifice Christ provided that forgave you and now will deliver you from the sin nature and all its stinking effects called the flesh that we still have to deal with. But the answer for all of it is the cross, my friend. God bless you. I love you. Don't forget about the CD series that you'll see different sets I put up here every week. Each one's $25. There's several D, uh, CDs, not DVDs, in each one of these. $25 each. You can get three for $60. Just go to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and tell us what you want. Donate your money there and make sure you put your address so we can get them to you quickly. And until next time, God bless you. We love you. Join us Mondays and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time. And until I see you again, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless.